All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, we're not even going <laughs> to test it because I don't want to risk it again. <laughs> All right, sounds good. That's insane. I don't know why it's uh, it was like finicky like that, but whatever. We've got it now. Um, okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Not too bad. How about you? Awesome. I'm doing. Um, joined by Marky Mark. Jesus. <laughs> joined Marky Mark Lopez today. Um. How you been? It's been uh what two years, three years since had you on? Yeah, it's been a while, dude. I think it was uh yeah our senior year. Were we still even in high school, or was that like, did we do that the year uh, after we graduated? I th- think the year after college. I tried. To, I went and listened back to some of that, like a week or so ago, and yeah, yeah I think we were definitely in college, so. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. But so give us an update. What's happened in the past two, three years? Like past two three. where's your life at right now? And so um I went to UT. You see me there. I think you, you came up to me and you're like, What are you majoring in? And at the time it was like criminal justice. And then you were yeah, yeah you're starting to look like one too. Like a cop or something. Is that what you, that's what you said to me? And that I, is? <laughs> yeah, you said that to me, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that's pretty funny. A compliment. Yeah. Um, so then I joined the National Guard and went to basic training for six months. And when I got back, pretty much just worked um, during the fall. And I was, I was planning on going back to college, but um, I got back from basic training at a point where everyone was already starting out and I didn't want to get into like to rush anything, you know, like rush to get my classes, my schedule done and everything like that, all my uh, school supplies. So I'm like, I'm just going to work this semester, this semester and um, wait until the next semester. And I did, I went back to UT and I was commuting from Finley to Toledo. I got activated for um for a mission here and we were helping out the hospitals around the Toledo area like uh we were testing patients like not patients but uh, Is that people. during the covid time not college to campus so it got really tiring but it was like it kept me busy so i i liked it i guess um and after that, I had to go to gunnery for uh, my uh, National Guard unit. So once I did that, I uh, got my tanker boots, which is a really good accomplishment. Like it's an accomplishment that I've always wanted to do. I wrote, Ever since I was in basic training, I've seen drill sergeants with these like sick-ass boots, dude. They're like leather straps. And... They were like, you guys won't be wearing these for a while. And then I ended up getting them like a year after I graduated. So I, I feel like that was an accomplishment. Um, really? So what is that? They give that to all so tankers or what? The tanker boots are only for people who are like, you can only get tanker boots if you're a tanker. And you mm-hmm. have to qualify. You have to qualify on your uh, 
at the range. So like you'll go to a range and you'll do through maneuvers, like combat maneuvers, and you have to hit these targets. If you hit like all all of them on time with like the right, you have to like say words to like commands and stuff when you're shooting stuff. So like in a tank, there's four positions. There's a driver, a loader, a gunner, and a tank commander. The tank commander would tell everyone what to do. And he'll have orders to say, like, um, gunner say about tank, which means, like, gunner, there's, there's, there's a tank over there. Loader, load a sable round into the main gun. And as soon as the, he says that, everyone has to respond. When the loader says up, it means that the, that the gun is not on safe anymore. And it kind of gives the gunner, you know, like, hey, we're about to shoot. I'm waiting for his command to say, gunner, fire and adjust. And then he has to go, mm -hmm. like, on the way and then pull the triggers. And usually when the loader says up, right away the driver has to drive up the berm or drive up some, like, some steep hill <laughs> with a tank. And, it, dude, it's intense. Like, I was a driver. You're the driver, right? Yeah, dude, like. It was so intense because you have that main gun right over your head. So yeah, that thing weighs like 3,000 pounds. And when it fires, like you're going to feel that kickback. Yeah. It's intense. Get your adrenaline running. Yeah. <laughs> I kid you not. It sounds like freedom. I love that smell though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the smell of just fucking gunpowder. Yeah. Oh, you can actually smell it once the round goes oh, off? Dude, yeah. There's actually a thing called a, uh, I think they call it a flash, a flashback, where like all these gases accumulate in the, in the gun, right, in the main gun tube. All these gases build up there, and they're gonna stay there until they get, you know, completely like taken out by the bore evacuator. That's the bore evacuator job is just take out all these gases and basically take it out of the main gun. Mm -hmm. there's people who will shoot around and will immediately try to load another round in there without giving it like a little bit of time and then all these gases will just come rushing out through the back and into these guys with like um chest or like arms which is which could be dangerous because that's literally where um, all the ammo is stored so like if there's yeah. a fire in there like those those rounds could blow up Ooh. like within like three seconds we, we had a whole safety brief on it, and they were telling us that, like, oh, yeah, these rounds, like, the shells are designed to be completely combustible. Like, we – I'll actually – hold on. I'll bring you some. Wait, so – I don't know if you can hear me, but as you step away. Um, so I don't have a lot of knowledge of these. Are the rounds, like, actually in shells, meaning, like – they're. So Once you fire around, is there something that's spent that you have to eject, like a typical firearm? Yeah, like it ejects these. These are the things it ejects. Oh, okay. Where does that come out at? So these come out through the main gun. So as soon as it's done firing, it'll slide right down and onto the floor. So like these things... Like inside like, the tank. Yeah. I kid you not. They were like... We had... How hot are those? Oh, dude, they're pretty, pretty hot. Um, I don't know how hot they can get, but they're really hot. And this one right yeah. is a, a sable round. But 
what is the Sabo round? What Sabo what round differentiates that? Yeah, so there's a Sabo, which is a armor, armor piercing. So anything with armor, oh, okay. other tanks, tank like targets. Then there's empaths. Um, those empaths are made for like I'm pretty sure they're um, like blowing bunkers up. Blowing okay. bunkers up. Then there's um. Empaths say, oh, uh, canister rounds, which I don't think they're making now, but canister rounds are for anti personnel. So mm-hmm. it'll basically turn your 120 millimeter <laughs> main gun into a fucking shotgun. Like, I kid you not. Yeah. It's, like, it's sweet. Um, That'd be brutal. Yeah, it is. That's They don't even make them anymore, not even for like practice. But yeah, those are, uh-huh. those are some rounds. And right now they're working on actually making all like all these rounds into one universal round it's pretty sweet i don't know how they're gonna do it but they're saying that that's what they're gonna do really that that would save a lot of time for um for the loader because when the tank commander is telling you to uh actually take out a round you have to read all of these man like (laughs) you have to like i don't know if you can see it but there you have to actually like yeah, you have to shell and you have to yeah. know the nomenclature for them, so you have to memorize all of them, because if you put a round in there that that he didn't say, like let's say you're you're shooting a tank and you put a canister round in there, like you you're not, that's not gonna do anything to a tank, and right. the gunner also has to switch his um his indicator from like rounds to rounds because it's like. It's like a smart gun, so it'll know what type of round you put in there. But he has to dictate it. He has to switch, like flip the switch to from sabo to canister, from canister to empath. Oh, really? Yeah, he has to do all that stuff. So the, I guess it makes sense. So they have like, uh, is he like something that help them aim? Like so an automated they, system. Uh, yeah. So they have this like. Um, the the Abrams tank is what we use and right now we have the M1A1s which is like dude they're like pretty old but uh we're going to be getting newer tanks this coming year I think 2023 uh and those are the M1A3s so those are like high speed tanks that are a lot better from like what what they're saying though is that uh those tanks are actually gonna come with auto loaders. Do you okay. know? so auto loaders? I don't know if like, uh, you know about these tanks. Uh, but Russians have tanks over there that are have auto loaders, and and I don't know if like if you've ever watched the news, have you ever noticed how like the the turret is completely off the hull? Okay. So when that happens, it's because like those tanks that are autoloaders have the ammo on the hull. So mm. if it gets hit, it'll like the way it's designed is like it's gonna blow up. So it kind of like just blows up and then shoots the turret off of the hull, and it, everyone in there is just completely like dead. Like there's just no way anyone could survive it. And the way right. that our tanks are made, they're designed so that. They're on top of the turret behind the crew. And they're in these panels where if like they were to somehow blow up, 
they have these doors that shoot out the back instead of like around the crew inside the turret. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I assume that's also a reason why they would want to go to a universal round. Yeah. If you have an auto loader. Yeah, that does make a lot more sense. Yeah, because then I don't know how they would actually make the computer figure out what know type what to feed it. Yeah. No, that's really cool though. Yeah, they were like, because uh, we had a whole deep brief, uh, safety brief on this while we were at the range, and this guy was like, "Yeah, we actually conducted a test, like not them, but scientists did that made these shells, rounds, and they took like a cigarette to it and just like." Put it on the shelf and it took like three seconds for the whole shell to start just completely like catching on fire it's that sensitive yeah it's that sensitive wow <laughs> um so they're like because they were they had other guys watching these like ammo at yeah. ammo points and these guys are just like like us bro like they, they they don't know much about safety or or things so they like to smoke and they're like, there's absolutely no smoking around right. the ammo, ammo. So, and that's why we had a safety brief because supposedly a while back, people used to be able to like smoke wherever and whenever they wanted, and it caused a lot of casualties. So they started like cracking down Shoot. on safety. That's crazy stuff. <laughs> so, do you like driving? Honestly, dude, it's like super stressful. But yeah, I do like driving. I, I it's imagine. stressful though because um you're driving this seventy two ton fuck like machine, dude. It's like super good. There's nothing that compares to driving a tank. But you're right. all driving How does it make driving your car feel afterwards? <laughs> it feels so much better, dude. But um really yeah, the <laughs> more like control, like better turn radius. <laughs> so, so the tank could actually it's like a like a forklift or close to like a tractor with tracks on it but um the there's no steering wheel it has like a t-bar so like a motorcycle okay. going up at the front um mm-hmm. it's it, the reason why i say it's stressful is because as a driver you have responsibilities it just seems like the lower enlisted you are the more responsibilities you 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 have like you the more the sergeants are on you about stuff so you're expected to know quite a lot about the tank, fuel, miles, what type of oil goes in the tank, you know, like mm-hmm. maintenance stuff. And Do you service them or somebody else? So the way it works is we service stuff that can be like pre- like preventative maintenance. We do that stuff. But anything else right. regarding engine or anything else as like to do with uh, the electronics in, in the tank, there's nothing we can do about it. We have tank mechanics for for that type of stuff okay um but yeah like as a driver it just seems like it's it's stressful because if someone says like hey we need a driver on tub 14 and <laughs> like there's like no one ready you have to like if you're a driver you just have to be like all right moving sergeant and start heading towards that tank and you're driving this in like a little con- like it's a confined space man like we're at the motor pool where these tanks are literally like an inch away. Wait, so from you each don't other. stay with the. I don't stay with the what. 
you stay with the same um, tank? So, yeah, we stay with the same tanks, but once in a while, we'll have, like, sergeants asking for extra drivers to, I don't know, maybe do refueling. They don't have a driver. Their driver went off to go do something else, so they need someone else. So, yeah. So, and as soon as they say, yo, we need a driver, <laughs> you, if you're a driver, yeah, you're ready to go. Has to, to get on that tank. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's stressful because there's just so much involved like i don't want to run anyone over run anything over um because it's kind of kind of hard to to stop a 72 ton tank like oh yeah so like how tight do you get like with your team like i imagine like you all are kind of responsible for each other um like you always drill with the same group and everything so i'm not like gonna lie my first my first drill with my unit was actually really really good uh i had my staff sergeant who was my uh first like he wasn't my first line but he's my leader at the time he kind of took me in and it just seemed Mm -hmm. like like at first everyone seemed like they they did not like me and out of nowhere he came up to me he's like hey lopez uh come outside with me and he took me outside and he was like, hey, listen, man, like, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone's like kind of picking on you right now. And they're like, and the only reason for that is because we like you. The more we pick on you, the more we like you. And I'm like, this this is like new to me because even during basic training, like, sure, you'd get your little like uh, w- words here and there from people. But like here, it's just like everyone's a lot closer. So they'll, they'll, they'll have something to say to you. Right. Um, But yeah, my staff sergeant took me on and was like, "Hey, listen, man. Right off the bat, it seems like you're a good soldier. You come here with, you came here looking presentable. Your uniform's in order, and I'm starting to like you. And within like the first two drills, everyone that was already there at my unit were like starting to talk to me and uh, the people I went to basic training with, and they're like, "Dude, we like you guys." And they had just gotten back from Kuwait, like our first. Really? Our our unit got back from Kuwait, and one of the things that I didn't know is that these guys, like some of these guys, went actually to Iraq and Afghanistan, and I'm just like I I didn't think that the National Guard would ever deploy, like to to stuff like that. But then they're like, yeah, we deployed to Kuwait, um, and that's what they did to them. They deployed them to Kuwait and some of them actually got to go to Iraq and Afghanistan. And they were just telling me like crazy stories about what they did in Kuwait. They said it was mostly boring. And then some of them that went to Iraq ended up coming back with like these combat pins that mm-hmm. they've been in. It looked super cool, but not something that I, I want I want to get anytime soon, man. That shit's scary. Yeah. So you don't have any desire of being deployed? Uh, I don't want to, but I mean, if I have to, it's, it's it. Done. It's got to be done. I right. 
and I'm close to everyone in my unit to be like to like feel at home. Like when I went to Kentucky, I was there for I was at Fort Knox for gunnery, uh, for two weeks. And even though two weeks wasn't a lot, like I mean, it's it felt like I was only gone for like three days, dude. Like these, these like my my battle buddies <laughs> supposedly like mm-hmm. they make everything go by super smooth. They joked around with you. We played cards. We like we joked around, dude. It was it was fun. We we shot tanks and just smoked and joked all the time. It was fun. Right. No, that's pretty awesome. The only thing that I did not like uh, combat stuff, dude. Any combat MLS you'll go into, you'll go like days without showers. I literally. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So you, we were like out in the middle of nowhere in these mountains for gunnery. It was like, oh, it's, it's a tank range, so you have to be like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, right. I was there for I think a week, but before that, I was a week at a motor pool, just making sure that all these tanks ran well. And we went through like drills and stuff before we even went out to the range. But when I was at the range, dude, that sucked because like, I wasn't prepared. This was my first gunnery. Um, I didn't know what to pack. Whereas like for comfort food, cause people like people will literally bring coolers with like a bunch of like food in it. And I'm just like, Oh, I didn't know we could do that. So like yeah. a couple of things that I can do for my next gunnery, and uh, they were telling me that sometimes they'll they'll take these Campbell soups, your ravioli or something like that, and they'll yeah. literally attach uh something to the back of the exhaust of the tank. Oh yeah, you would tell me that. And they will literally cook their food out there, and I'm just like, damn, those those guys just uh they're too hardcore, dude. That's wild. It's probably a good way to stay warm too if it's like oh yeah winter. Or when it's raining, dude. If it's raining, which it did in, in Fort Knox, if you get yeah. in one of those things, you'll be like dry within a minute. Huh. No, that's really cool, though. Did you ever, like, anticipate taking this direction in your life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was so did? many times, actually. Um, at at first, when I first enlisted, I was just ready to to get it done and over with. Um, I was just going through something in my life at the time that I'm like, I need to do something for myself, and I was just I want to make my family proud, my mom, and my stepdad, and I'm like, all right, let's do it, <laughs> let's do it. So I went to talk to my recruiter, signed all this paperwork, and then I went to Maps where. I took the test and they asked me about what I was interested in. They gave me like a whole list that I was qualified for. And they were like, how, like what, what type of stuff you're interested in? And I'm just like, I don't know, let's take a look. And they were giving me a bunch of options and they're like, do you want a bonus? And at the time I'm like, I didn't know anything about that. So I'm like, what's a bonus? Like, what do you mean? What, what's, what's a catch with that? And they're like, well, the army needs these jobs filled out. And we don't have that many people for these jobs. So if you choose these jobs, we'll give you an incentive for it. And I'm yeah. like, well, how much is the incentive? And they're like, 20K. And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, dude, like, sign me up. Or like, I'm like, what do you get to do? They're like, you get to shoot tanks, blow shit up. And I'm just like, 
oh shit like i get paid like an incentive for this job and i get to shoot tanks like fuck yeah sign me up and yeah that's how it started and i was like super excited for it and i was going to the gym and working on like cardio and stuff not really trying to to get big but before basic training i was actually like training it for like endurance right and it, it worked well for me but when i went to meps that was like it seemed like it was the longest night of my life dude because before you go to basic training, you go back to MEPS. What is that? MEPS is where is the place you get checked on by medical staff to make sure that nothing has happened before you ship off to basic training. So okay. they'll just they'll just check up on you again, make sure that you didn't go to the hospital for like a major surgery, and that you're still healthy enough to go through basic training. So once once you get that medical stuff done, you'll go to a hotel and you'll spend the night there. You'll get up at like, I got up at, I think it was like at four o'clock in the morning. That's breakfast. And then we went straight to the airport, got in the airport and then went straight to Fort Benning. But that night that I was there by myself in the hotel room, because normally they have like two people per room. But because this was during, like, the start of COVID, it was one per room. And I was just so bored out of my mind in that room for, like, the night. Like, I didn't – I was just rethinking my whole life. I'm like, did I, did I make the right decision? Should I, like – Right. Should I leave? And I'm like, hell no. I'm like, no, I'm not going to leave. Like, I'm going to finish this too. Um. So yeah, that night was seemed like it was the longest time ever, but nothing compared to uh, the thirtieth AG, which is reception at Fort Benning, Georgia. Like, I thought that that hotel room was just hell, but when I got to Fort Benning, at reception, that was absolute like the worst thing ever, man. I feel like I would much rather go through basic training again than go through reception. Why? Just because. A lot of like waiting around or what? Yeah, like there's just a lot of waiting around, and as soon as you get there, they take your phone away right away. So you you pretty much don't even, other than you you text your parents like, hey, I made it to thirty to thirtieth AG Fort Benning reception, yeah. whatever, and I'm safe, and I will call you another at another time, and that's all you get to say to your family. They take your phones away, wow. and they keep you in in the barracks with a bunch of other guys that are also waiting to, to ship off to basic training. And I actually got put in Charlie Company for a reception. And Charlie Company was known to have, like, a bunch of suicides in that barracks. Like, people would actually, like, kill themselves there. And it, it was it was pretty sad, dude, because I, <laughs> I didn't have my phone. I didn't know anyone there, and I didn't want to talk to people. Because I just, it just, I wasn't like that at the time. I wasn't like too outgoing, but right. I was just scared and confused, questioning my whole life. And I'm like, COVID was still a thing, so they were like, "Yeah, dude, like if you, if you, they're gonna test everyone here for COVID," and they had these tests that are like not really reliable. There were like a fifty-fifty chance that it will come back as positive or negative. Yeah. So they're like, "Yeah, if you test positive, you're actually gonna go to Kent Kelly." And I'm like, what's Camp Kelly? And they're like, it's pretty much where all these 
people go that have COVID for two weeks, you'll get your phone and have a good time. But like, if you miss the ship date, you're going to be stuck here for another six months until the next company picks up. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, hell no. So like that whole time. I'm in not respect, getting COVID. <laughs> it was just like, like praying that I wouldn't get COVID and everything would, would go well. Um, I ended up making good friends there at reception who I ended up going to basic training with in the same company. But yeah, there were, there were a lot of people that actually had to go through uh, to Camp Kelly to mm-hmm. quarantine and they missed that ship date. Some of them got kicked out because it got to the point where they, they've been there for so long doing other stuff um, that they just decided to like try to play the the suicide card you know what i mean they're like oh i can't do this anymore like oh i'm suicidal like like send me home you know like being alone and with and with nothing to do is like one of the like greatest tests on uh i don't know just like your (laughs) mental strength and everything like how do you keep a positive attitude like just waiting and being alone and it's 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 with it's with the guys man like it sounds kind of like weird to say, but um, it's definitely the your your friends you make in the army. Like, I made a lot of friends during reception, and it wasn't towards like the beginning because I I just didn't want to talk to anyone. But more and more, like as the days went on, people started socializing with each other, and it made the time go by like a little bit faster, more enjoyable. So it's definitely the people you 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 hang out with. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that's like part of the rationale behind doing it. Like even obviously on a lesser level, but like even in sports, you know, like you'd send people to like camps and then just like make them be there with like their teammates forever. And that's like a good way to yeah, that bond is, that, with other that, guys. That is a, like a good way. Um, the other thing though is, is like they do mass punishments in, um, in the army. So like if like let's say yeah. there there was a time where um someone forgot something they wore the wrong uniform or whatever so in the army they they tell you the day before when formation is what time you have to be there in the right clothes at the right time you know the right place so they gave us a uniform out to wear and yeah. there's a way you have to wear a uniform like it was pretty cold when we got there and they told us to wear our normal uniform with just like a green t-shirt underneath and that's pretty much it we don't really get like to wear any cold weather gear but this guy decided right. like oh it's it's super cold out i'm gonna wear like one of my under armor shirts like underneath my uniform it's like a cold weather sleeve. They call them waffles and uh, silkies. He was wearing his silkies and his waffles underneath his like uniform. And when they were inspecting us, they got to him and they're like, "Why are you wearing this stuff? This isn't the uniform." They were like, they were on him. Like some drill sergeants were on him, and then all the drill sergeants were like, "You know what? Your battle buddies failed you, but I won't." And they're like half right face, front leaning rest position move, and what that is, is that's an execution of like 
of exercise. So they 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 smoked us for like at least an hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> the reception was brutal, man. Like like I said, there were these kids that were like suicidal, and this drill sergeant ended up getting in trouble for doing this, but. <clears throat> He got all the kids that were suicidal to do a formation. And then he was like, all right, Suicide Squad, form up, like, out loud. And it was just, like, belittling them in front of everyone, which is, like, you know, like, whatever. But I'm like, I really, really don't ever want to go through that. <laughs> that would yeah. suck. It's, I mean, would you say it's, like, necessary, though? I mean, it, like, it has a time and place, I, right? Like if you're suicidal, you you can do whatever you want, man. Cause like, I was at a low point in my life too. But like, I guess I I I got it under control, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like going through basic training really really helped me out a lot. I remember getting getting there to reception, and the day before we shipped out, we had a church service. And I went to it, and I was just, like, super sad at the time. The The guy that the, – the preacher that came to that church service, he was a civilian, and he was like, all right, guys, like, as soon as you get on those buses, you're never going to be the same person you were when you got here. And I was like – in my head, I was like, thank God. Like, let's get this yeah. – get this started, man. It really, I feel like I, I, I did change. I mean, my mom, my dad, my stepdad have, have also brought this up, but they also noticed differences in me. I feel like I'm more, more patient now than I was before I left because when I left, before I left, like I wasn't patient at all, man. Like I, w- I feel like I was just like generally like not a good person, honestly, but I mean, I bettered myself and that's all I can do. Not everyone, you know. Huh. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it. I feel like uh, currently we don't have as many like liminal like processes like that. Like we don't have as many uh, uh, like transformational experiences where you kind of. Oh yeah, I wish I wish there was another thing I could do. It's just like I brought this up the other day to a friend. I'm like that really helped me out a lot with like being patient with people and not being rude to people. Like one thing that I, that I remembered was just like enjoying peace and quiet during basic training, which is like really unheard of because most of the time you're always going to have a drill sergeant yelling at you, or you're going to be in a formation yelling, singing cadence, doing stuff like that. Yeah. So I remember they made us yell for like almost everything, man. And got to the point where like, I was just tired of yelling. And ever since I got (laughs) out, I started noticing how like people here, like that are, that are like out of the army and stuff. Like, cause I was there for six months, dude. Like it was, uh, I I got used to their things for six months, especially when it's being drilled into you constantly, nonstop getting told when to do things, how to do things, how to properly do things, you know? I started noticing like other people's behavior and it seemed like people out here just were just rude for no reason. Like, especially to like, like customer service guys. Right. So like, let's mm-hmm. say you go to like a, a restaurant, like people are just rude to the, 
to the servers and stuff and i'm like dang <laughs> like that would not fly at all in any military base like you have to have your customs and courtesies like when you see your star when you see a higher up higher rank you got to do the greeting of the day do stuff right. like that no talking back yes sir yeah, we don't really teach uh respect anymore respect for authority yeah and not that all authority should be respected but it's like everybody should have some basic sense of like I should respect myself. I should respect the people around me. Yeah. So there, there's that one thing that I notice is like just having more patience. Like we would get told to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. We'd go outside, do PT for like an hour and a half or so. And then we'd come back and they'd tell us to change into our clothes and then just hurry up and wait. Literally just yeah. hurry up and wait, dude. I'm like, okay. I've heard about that. <laughs> so we're literally – we're outside in formation and we have to stand completely still with our hands behind our back. And I'm like, why did they tell us to come out here and that they'd be out shortly? And it's been like almost an hour now. Like we're outside in formation, standing in a weird position. Like my shoulders are hurting, man. But that taught me a lot of like a lot of patience, I guess. Like whenever I go out and I got to do something, talk to people, and or like go to a doctor and they're like all right just sit here and wait i'm like all right sweet they're like sorry i took so long and i'm like that wasn't long but okay (laughs) yeah that'd be brutal for me and just sorry go on no i don't we're just like constantly entertained or constantly yeah stimulated like what i was talking to my my brother about actually i have a brother younger brother he is 13 years old right like i went over to go visit my mom and dad and he was playing his video games which is cool like okay that's pretty normal a middle schooler playing video games on his xbox but then i'm just like i looked at him and i didn't notice this but he had his phone out like he was watching tiktok and playing video (laughs) games at the same time and i was like why 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 are you doing that like why are you playing video games and watching TikTok at the same time, it just seems like you're overly stimulating yourself. Like, like, can you not be just content playing your video game or just watching TikTok? Like, can you pick one? And he was like, no. Right. <laughs> and, like, the games that he plays are, like, they require a lot of, like, uh, mind, like, oh, this, this person's already getting married or this person already has this, this cool job and stuff. And I'm just like, now I'm getting to the point where it's like, like the only competition is against yourself. Like try not to compare yourselves to others and only compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. And that's when I started to really like learn more about myself and the type of person I am. Um, also with that with that being said, like comparing myself, like I got to see my flaws, got to see some stuff that I, I need to change about myself, um, which I think is like a really good thing because I, like I said, I was at a low point in my life when I when I joined the, the National Guard because I only had like two months of free time before I shipped off to basic. 
but basic training was pretty much the point where I where I was just so mentally exhausted of of stuff that was going on in my life when I joined um so like when we would go out and do our field training exercises our FTXs our first one was like a four mile ruck to this like place like it was out in the middle of nowhere it was like the woods wasn't too bad but it was super cold and we didn't really pack any cold weather gear because they told us not to we wouldn't need it um so for those i was actually like a, a leader in one of those and i had these guys that i had to take care of and tell them what to do and how to do stuff and they failed me <laughs> they failed me as as my guys they fell asleep when they were supposed to be in their foxholes taking guard and our drill sergeants like were doing this field training exercise where they would try to invade the place where like they told us to guard and yeah. they came up to them while they were sleeping and shot them with like these blanks dude and then <laughs> i was like standing guard too and I, someone was like walking up behind me and I, I thought it was like one of my one of my buddies right I turn around and i see my drill sergeant's face and he's just got the barrel of the gun like pointed right at my face and goes like bang <laughs> i'm just like what the heck you know like 15 minutes later passes and they pretty much take everyone's weapons and like one of the things you don't want to do in the in the armies they tell us is like don't leave your weapon don't let anyone take your weapon and if you have a battle buddy and if you drop your weapon he needs to take grab that weapon and hold on to it right so like let's say i was I was in a foxhole with someone else and they, they they shot him and he's dead, right? Like, I'm supposed to grab his gun. But most of these guys didn't even do that. They didn't grab his, their their buddy's weapon and they just let the drill sergeant take it. So all these leaders got called up to, like, the drill sergeant minivan where they, like, they slept in their minivan with heaters on. So <laughs> we were outside their minivan, standing around it, and there's this drill sergeant who is like a complete, complete like ruthless monster. Dude. He's he is like super bald, super shiny, and he he went along with it. He he played along with it, man. He called himself the bald eagle. <laughs> He'd always be like, hell yeah, prize, you know, like, and then just fuck us up, fuck us up completely. So he was, it was him, and he grabbed all the rifles and just threw them on the ground, and we're like. I pretty much got everyone's fucking weapons. And yeah. you guys are the leaders, and your battle buddies failed you. So I literally, me and a bunch of other leaders ended up getting smoked at like three o'clock in the morning. I was sleep deprived. I was just so tired and mad, dude. I was like, why the fuck do I have to get punished for something that someone else did? You know, like that type of mentality. But I mean, I, it, it helped me out in the long run because then, like, now. I'm, like, looking out for other people, too, even if I don't know them. Like, if someone drops something, I'll be like, hey, yo, you dropped something. Here it is. Or, like, mm. I've I've covered people before, too. Like, uh, maybe they just don't have enough money or something. I'm like, oh, here you go. Take this, you know. But um, also with talking to people about their feelings, I got to meet a lot of people from different parts of this country. Like, 
California, Florida, New Mexico, Utah, uh, New Jersey, North Carolina, places like them, dude. And the one thing that sucks is getting to meet all these people and then never seeing them again. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing that sucks, dude. Like, sometimes I wish I was like, dang, I wish I was back in Benning so I could see those guys again. A lot of people yeah, are. Yeah, I can imagine. What? I was just saying, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, a lot of people are always like, oh, I could never do drill, like basic training again. And I know it sucks, but I feel like I would be, I would, I would want to if they actually gave that gave us an option to go back i'd do it right right so like i said there was this one drill sergeant who would always motivate us to push ourselves past our, our limits and just, you know, crush them. And he was, like, Mexican, dude. He was, like, tall. This, like, was, like, six foot something in a tanker. And <laughs> he would always be yelling at us when we're doing PT, screaming at the top of his lungs, going, like, all right, guys, I see you guys are not motivated. Where I, I see that your parents have failed you, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your cousin, your sister, your grandma, whatever. But don't worry. Because here at Fort Benning, Georgia, we can lead you on a path to success. If you follow my 22-week training program, you too can be like me. So where your family and friends have failed you, I won't. And then he would literally just smoke us, bro. Like, I would hate it when he would have lead PT because he, yeah. he was a fast runner. We'd be running, like, two miles, like, two two times a day but most of the times we do like other like sprints where we'd like sprint and then jog sprint and then jog and tire us out like that i'm like at that point i'd rather just run those two miles and get it over with yeah that's man sprinting and jogging like that's the worst that's so much worse than like staying at a consistent pace the whole time yeah dude try doing that when you're actually wearing just boots <laughs> oh i can't even imagine like yeah were your feet shredded Oh, dude, you got blisters because those boots are like fresh out from uh, reception. You got them. They're not even broken in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, re re like reception was the worst part of it. And then um, basic training was a lot better than reception. You actually got to, I feel like I got to meet a lot of people that I liked and still talk to this day and it also taught me like other lessons like standing up for myself and kind of like not being a pushover dude because honestly like before I left I was honestly a pushover like anyone could come up to me just say whatever whatever they wanted and I would probably like also say what I want back right but yeah in basic training I actually got to, to realize I'm like you know what like when someone's like yelling at me and saying all these nasty stuff to me the best thing you could do is just ignore it, but let it in through one ear and out the other. And, and, you know, it's just like they're only saying that because they're trying to hurt you. You know, they're just trying to hurt you in the moment. They don't know what they're doing either. They're just, they're just saying stuff that they know will hurt you. And that's all it is. Yeah. Like, don't take it personal. They're just trying to hurt you in some way. And it'll only hurt you if you let it. So I got into that mentality where I was like, you know, I don't want to yell. I'm not trying to yell. I'm not trying to argue with no one. Like, if you have a problem with me. 
and like the only way you're gonna get my attention is if you hit me and you're not gonna do that so i'm gonna let it go in through one ear and out the other man like i like i said i'll, I'll tell you this one right so there was this one guy he was so much taller than me um he's a he's a guy from cleveland he's a he's black bro like he's he's pretty well built not really but like uh he was a lot taller than me and one day we got into like this argument and he pretty much disrespected me in a really 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 weird way and i'm just like hey man you can't do that and i was the only one in our barracks in our platoon that actually stood up to him and it was when he came up to me and disrespected me like that <laughs> it I'm not going to say over the podcast what he did, but it was like super fucking disrespectful. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's just, let's go into the, into the laundry. And if you want, you want to say you want to fight it out then let's fight it out. So he's like, all right, let's go right now. And he's a lot taller than me and a lot shorter than him. So like we made these rules where we couldn't punch each other in the face, no face shots, because if you get caught fighting in basic training, you're going to go to like the MPs and you might get, chaptered out of the army yeah we both didn't want that so we're like all right no no face shots only body shots and stuff like that and as soon as we started going at it like he all he was doing was punching my belt buckle in my <laughs> uniform and his hands started bleeding and he punched me in the chest and he left all his like blood all over my shirt and right. i'm shorter than him too and i'm trying to hit him like right around his like abdomen area i also punched his belt so <laughs> Both of our knuckles were just like destroyed, like destroyed from that, right? But God. I got my anger out. He got his anger out of him. And one of the things when I realized, I'm like, you know what? Maybe fighting isn't like the best thing to fucking do in in general, right? And right. the lesson I learned from that was because every time we got into formation, we had our weapons with us, our M4s. And if they, like, drill sergeants told us, like, all right, you guys are getting fucked up because your battle buddies did this, we get into the push-up position. And when you have an M4, you're supposed to basically, like, throw that shit down on top of your fingers and don't let uh -huh. it hit the ground. So my knuckles were pretty messed up, man. When we got messed <laughs> up by the drill sergeants, that rifle would always be hitting those, like, uh, the scabs on my knuckles, and it would hurt even more. And I'm just like, yeah, well, this is this is my lesson. This is... This is like, this is the guy's way of telling me, like, yeah, learn your lesson, boy. <laughs> you know? And yeah, physical pain is a good teacher. Yeah, and a while, uh, like, I think three weeks passed, and him and I had never talked to each other since then. But one day we were out eating breakfast, and then he offered me some food, and then we became like super fucking close friends dude. it's just like weird how that how that worked out i'm like damn that's how it typically goes though isn't it it's like once you just like get your beef out with someone then you can be cool yeah i mean i was i was cool with him too but yeah yeah sometimes like i wish that we never got into that fight dude because like he ended up being a really nice guy yeah yeah. Yeah, it's just funny how stuff like that is. <laughs> so, what do you think? I mean, seems like you have positive experience with it. Um, is this what you want to do? Like, 
long term or so one of the things that i actually was talking like thinking about was if i'm gonna be re-enlisting or not when mm-hmm. like once my contract is up and i feel like i am gonna be re-enlisting um but maybe not as a tanker <laughs> because it's honestly like it's it's hardcore even though i'm only going like one week in a month and then two weeks in the summer like there's this one guy who got told he's gonna be going to Kuwait, and sometimes he's like he's like I was there I was in Kuwait for like over nine months, and like honestly like a grunt job like it's not to it's not like a grunt job technically because like a grunt is literally only infantry guys, infantry guys have it more hardcore, but like. Yeah. Doing tanker tanker shit is fun and all up until you gotta do tanker shit, dude. <laughs> it's all fun in games until you gotta do tanker shit. Um, it's just so much maintenance with the tanks, so much to do, and getting yelled at for like the smallest thing. Like if there's if you have a sergeant that's like super toxic, you're gonna get treated like absolute shit, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like you're not gonna be able to like say stuff back pretty much you get treated like shit and all you have to say is yes sergeant no sergeant right away so you know what i mean like i'm on it doing it they say that like oh well they can't really do that nowadays which is which is kind of true like that you just can't take abuse of your power but like at the same time dude like you don't want to also be known as that one guy to go and tell like your company commander hey hey sir um sergeant's treating me but you're gonna look you're gonna look like it like a like uh, a shit bag no one's gonna want to yeah. talk to you either because they're gonna be like oh well the smallest inconvenience you're just gonna go and talk to your company commander but most of the time if someone's picking on you like a sergeant it just means that they like you a lot right so when i was at, at gunnery there were all these tankers these sergeants that were uh dipping they all had dip dip in their lip and they're looking at me like, dude, like they're so they're so like white, man. Like their country is white. They're like, hey Lopez, you dip? And I'm just like, no, sergeant. He's like, you want to try some? And I'm just like, yeah, sure, why not? And he hands me over his like can. He's like, do you know how to pack it? And I'm like, no, but I can try. And I just start just <laughs> doing that with it, dude. I put it in my lip. It was like the most nicotine rush i'd ever gotten with sick yeah dude i I was spinning and this was right before i had to go like and shoot with with a tank oh my god it was it was probably not the smartest idea but dude it's like memories like that that are like always funny he's like you always know how he's like oh lopez you always know how to pull on my heartstrings man (laughs) and he's like (laughs) have some dip and i'm just like oh my god he's like yeah isn't it crazy how like how strong nicotine can be yeah it's like, no. it doesn't even seem like that much of a drug but it's like man if you get too much it'll just make you so sick yeah not gonna lie when i saw you with that cigarette i started craving my my nicotine route. i was like i'm gonna go get something after this because <laughs> that's all that's all i do like when i go to drills i will literally take my i will i will stock up on vapes and i will use them all up at drill um, so that's all I run on is nicotine and bang energy drinks. Bang energy okay. drinks are so good, dude. When you go to drill, you're always going to see guys walking around with energy drinks and either a cigarette 
for their vape. Yeah. So vaping is your uh, nicotine fuel of choice. That is true. But when I was at gunnery, I let everyone hit it because I didn't know I didn't know anything about gunnery. I was like, you know, everyone will bring their own stuff too. But no, everyone came like unprepared with their nicotine stuff, and they're like, "Hey Lopez, <laughs> let me, hey Lopez, let me get a let me get a hit real quick." And I was like, "All right." I I left them with my jewel for like within five minutes and I came back and they had a bigger circle, dude, passing my, (laughs) like it was like theirs to give out. And I'm like, hold up. Who the fuck said you guys could, you know, hit my jewel, man, or my, my babe. And they're all like, Oh, well it was him. And I'm like, bro, this like, it needs to be charged. We're out in the middle of nowhere and it's got (laughs) like, what am I going to do now? Well, it's a good way to make friends. Right. <laughs> I were working on a tank and I saw this one sergeant smoking a cigarette. And I like I don't even like smoking cigarettes, bro, but it, at the time I was fiending hard for that nicotine. So I'm yeah. like, Sergeant, you mind if I I said smooch accidentally. I was like, Do you mind it a mooch? <laughs> a cigarette off you? And he was like, What, Lopez? You wanna kiss me? Like out bro. <laughs> Everyone heard it, and they're like, oh, I guess all it takes for Lopez is two days out in the field, and he's already wanting to kiss a guy. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like no, sorry, it's not nothing like that. And like, I'm like, I meant mooch. I don't know why I said it's mooch. And he's right. like, all right, all right, all right. So he gives me a cigarette, and gives, like, I light it up, dude. And after that, like, I don't like the smell of cigarettes, dude, but it definitely does feel a lot better than hitting a vape. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I've never, I have never vaped, like, never even like hit it once. It's it's good if you like the flavor, honestly. But hmm, if I would be smoking cigarettes if it didn't leave a lingering smell to it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just don't want to bring that into my apartment. Um, but no, it's like I don't know. It, none of it is like a very healthy habit, so. It, it isn't, but honestly, like, it's definitely a good way to to make friends, too, in the army. Like, as shitty yeah. as that sounds, it's like, you sh- you really shouldn't need nicotine to make friends, you know? Like, that's when you know you're a nicotine fiend. Like, when you're fiending for stuff, if you're making friends off of nicotine, it means you guys got something in common, but... Yeah, I mean, there's something kind of, like, communal about it, or, like, cultural about it. I don't know. Yeah, like one of my first drills here when I first got to my unit was uh, two years ago. I was at Camp Camp Perry here in Toledo. You know that Air Force base up in Toledo? Yeah, okay. So they they have a, a shooting range over there for M4s and M17s. And I was out there with one of my buddies. We, were, we got done shooting. We, we qualified. And then we went out and just smoked and joked. And one of my one of the other sergeants came up to us while we were just talking and passing our vape around. He came up and was like with his M4 just hanging like he didn't give a fuck, gra- coming over, grabbing his cigarettes out of his uh, cargo pocket out. And he's like, what are you guys doing over here, smoking and joking? And we're just looking at each other like, huh? You know, like, what, who's this guy? Then he's like, yeah, Sergeant, we're just smoking and joking. He's like, that's cool. You mind if I join you? And then he just starts smoking and just talking to us about just absolute, the most like random stuff ever. And that's that's one of the things I learned too with uh, in the Army is that everyone's just like 
random, dude. Yeah. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Probably just a bunch of guys with too much time and, like, <laughs> sick sense of humor and stuff, so. Yeah, dude, their humor is definitely, like, brutal. Like, they were telling me that when um, some of the guys from my unit, when they went to Kuwait, they actually got told to go to, I think, Iraq. And they were telling me that they were on a on a base where they were receiving indirect mortar fire. And that they were... I'm just going to be, like, raw about this. They were like, yeah, dude, it was this hot girl. Like, she was British, and she was, like, in the same base as us. Like, we all thought she was smoking hot, and then one day we were receiving indirect fire, and her bunker got hit. And they're like, the only thing that was there was, like, it was just pink mist everywhere. Like, blood everywhere. Like, there was no body. And I'm just like, damn, that's rough. And they're like, yeah, and I was just playing my Xbox the whole time. And I'm just like, how how like how are you gonna tell me like that this like really sad story and then just follow it by like yeah, I was playing Xbox when that happened. Like Jeez. I'm like, what are you gonna be doing? Like there there's alarms that go off and you can hear the the indirect fire and he's like, Yeah, dude, but there's like I know it feels weird to say, but like when your your brain is under that much stress, it just kinda gets used to it. And it like your yeah, mentality just... goes from like you're scared to death to where it's just like you know what if it's my time to go it's my time to go. <laughs> yeah, just completely desensitized to it. Yeah, most of those guys are desensitized to it, and they're I think we're losing a lot of uh, soldiers this coming year because their their contracts are up and they're not reenlisting. So most of those guys that were there are already like leaving. Which sucks because, um, so all these new guys are left with like no leadership, like like me, like right, like a specialist, and then to be a sergeant with no no other guy to like basically show me the ropes. So like right now, right. all the other sergeants have been telling me like you guys you guys need to pay attention to to how we're doing things and how we run things around here because like someday you guys are gonna be the ones with a torch, you know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't have, like, the inside uh, look at it, but from what I've heard, there's been, like, sort of a recruitment problem and, like, trouble keeping a lot of those guys. Yeah, and it's it's just because, honestly, there's still some toxic leadership in the Army where if, if a sergeant doesn't like you, he can make it really hard for you to even want to be showing up to drills or even like if you're active duty your your unit like people are committing suicide suicide rates are high and it's just like it's embarrassing to say but it's toxic leadership yeah that's unfortunate i don't know what you have any solutions I, uh, the only solutions I, I I'd be able to say is like people need to check up on their on their friends a lot more like they're they're like in the army right like they're battle buddies they gotta check up on them more because from what I've heard is like people that are active duty they will literally during like during the holiday they will literally get told that they're not going home that they have to stay on base 
and only send the people that actually have like a wife and family back home to spend time with their with their kids. That's what I've heard, and that yeah. they favor those people over single. You know, we better go get married. Yeah, not anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I I want to, but like, nah. I haven't found the right one yet, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, take your time. Make sure you get the right one. I thought I did a while back, but nah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's just life. Yeah, life. you live and you learn, man. Oh well. Yeah. So what do you? So when you're not, because um, you said you only go, how often do you say you have to report? I have to report one weekend a month, and then two weeks in the summer. But there are also other things like you can get on. There's ADOS orders, which basically means you're working full time for the army. Um, also, if anything comes up, you will get orders to detach from your unit. Like what happened to me a while back, I am with a 145th armored regiment here in ohio and i got an order that said hey you're not going to go to that unit anymore you have to do this in toledo Mm -hmm. so what they did was they like mixed army guys up with the air national guard guys and we took orders from basically like um from them like i had to report to a an air force sergeant which was like super weird for me because where I'm from, like, we have to stand at parade rest when we talk to higher-ups. Like, you can't just come up to someone and go, like, hey, man, like, what, like, you know, what do you need me to do? No, you can't do that in my unit. So I went, walked up to him, went straight to parade rest, and I was like, hey, Sergeant, this is Private First Class Lopez. What do you need me to do, right? And he was just, he just looked at me, like, surprised. And he's like, you don't have to go to parade rest for me. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, yeah. Just making sure I'm just like, I'm like, and then the way everyone else was talking to him, I'm like, dude, how are you guys just talking to him like that? People are calling <laughs> him by his first name. And I'm just like, why? Just say Sar- Sergeant or Sergeant, whatever his last name is. It just, it felt super like lax for me and not like, it felt weird that it was that lax. So they tried to like cross train different branches. No, that was just for like to help. They needed help to oh okay for uh, that specific mission. Um, but I got to talk to a lot of Air Force people back then, and I was like, dude, how was your basic training? Like, how many times did you shoot a rifle? And there was this one girl who was like, yeah, we only shot a rifle for like a day, and I'm like, what? We literally had to do that for like a little over a month, like a month and a half of just straight up shooting. Like a whole week was dedicated specifically for zeroing, like zeroing your 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 iron your weapon, the M4. And after that, you're just out there qualifying, shooting, practicing, practicing shooting like targets that are like at 300 meters away from you. Yeah, and I'm like, you guys did all that in one day, and they're like, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I should have joined the Air Force, because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, when, nothing is more stressful than going out to the range when you're in basic training. Really? Why? 
because it's stressful because if you've never dealt with a weapon you're honestly scared like when i first got my m4 they were handing it out from the lock from the uh weapon room and they were handing them out we got into a line and they just gave it to me they told they told me the proper way to hold it and that was pretty much it but i've never held the weapon before right so i'm thinking like damn like i'm thinking like treating it like it's a loaded weapon i don't want to be pointing it at anyone else yeah and the more i had it with me and the more i took it apart and reassembled it the more i like got comfortable with it so like now i could pick it up and know exactly how to how to treat it and what not to do with it but it's it's stressful when you go to the range because you're put under pressure like when i went out to the range i forgot to put my my earbuds in my ears they were like hanging out on my neck so when i went out mm-hmm. to shoot i'm I'm looking down my sights at this target that popped up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot this bitch. And <laughs> my ears started ringing, and I'm like, oh, uh, man. Like, I forgot to put my my ear protection in. And that messes you up because if you take time from shooting to readjusting, messing around with your PPE, it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna mess up your timing on those targets, and I didn't want to do that because like you have such limited time to hit those targets, and you need in order to qualify you need to hit a certain amount of targets. If you don't hit those targets, you will have to come back whenever they decide to go back to the range and give the people another chance to to qualify. Um, it didn't happen to me. While we had were like at the range actually shooting targets, it happened to me unzeroing my weapon. It just seemed like mm-hmm. it was the hardest thing for me to do at the time because I had never fired a weapon before in my life. And an M4, like it's it's stressful, especially when you first get it. You always get a drill sergeant like telling you like, "All right, let freedom ring," <laughs> right before you shoot, and he's just watching you making. <laughs> It was just, it was fun. Like it, it didn't matter, like that you were getting soaking wet, but like just being out there, out in the range, shooting an M4, like that was just, it was fun. I wish I could do it again. Yeah. You mind if I, if we take a pause real quick? I'm gonna get some yeah. water. Yeah, you're good. You good to keep going after? Yeah. All right, give me like two minutes. All right, we're going again. Um, where were we at? You were at gun ranges, but let's do. Uh, so, what do you do like in the time, like when you don't have to report? What are you doing like day to day now? Um. So right now, I'm actually just working and also trying to get into the Toledo Police Academy. Um, that's something that I've always wanted to do too. So. Just going through that right now, I'm in the background investigation part of it. So if mm-hmm. I pass this, then I have an interview with the the chief of the police department, the police department, and he gets to pick the class. Right now, there's like a little over a hundred people left from the application process. And is that a lot? Or yeah, because they it sounds only, like it. We only accept like fifty for the class. Okay. So. 
Um, there were a lot more that applied, but they just kind of weeded them out through the application process. So yeah. like they ha- you have your your te- your test that you have to do. It's like a written test, also like multiple question bubble sheet. So you got to pass that. Then you have your physical fitness test where everything's uh, by age range. So like there's specific requirements for your age that you have to complete, like running a mile and a half, doing push-ups and sit-ups. Should be a piece of cake after basic, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a piece of cake for me. I, I, I passed it, no problem. The armies is definitely a lot harder. Um, the thing with that, though, is like, when I took that test, they actually, like, I thought it was super easy, but they even, like, they lowered the standards. Really? So they, they could let more people in and give them another, like, window for them to actually start training because we're going to have that test again before we even start the police academy, and we have to pass that one too. Okay. So they lowered the standard just so that they could let other people in that might be able to pass the next test the physical fitness test so they lowered the standards that they could try to see if they um, get more people in to actually work more on their physical fitness part of their uh, test and see if they can actually pass the the last test so i mean if they if they lower the standards and they're not doing anything to better themselves and they fail it then that's it they're not going to get another shot with them is there are there a lot of people that go from military to police force or so from what they said is that it's it varies it's like 50/50 but when i went to go take my physical fitness test i could already tell like who was in the like who has prior service and who's in because they were all huddled up talking about like they i just heard like army terms being slung out across like high speed low drag ate up, chewed up, I'd be, I'd be hearing stuff like that. And I'm like, I just walked up to him like, Hey, you guys like prior service? Or are you guys still in? What is high speed, low drag? High speed, low what drag. Like you're... So it, you want something that's being high speed, low drag, right? So something high speed to you, like what's something that you like? What's something that, what, what are your interests are in? Like sports, reading. Okay. What about uh, what about your hobbies? You like working out, right? Yeah. So something. What What do you use to work out? Like, do you use headphones? Do you use like equipment? Like to at listen all? to music. Yeah. Uh, any equipment you use to like that would make it feel better. No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been listening to music I'll, while I work out anymore. I'll use an example with me, right? So kettlebell. Like army type stuff, right? So like, let's say. I'm I'm a, I'm with my unit and we go to they're like, all right guys, we're gonna go to the range, right? Make sure you have all your PPE ready. And I go to the range and everyone's got those like little foamy earbuds, right? But then I come up and I'm like with these fancy like cute ass like headphones, right? They're like super yeah. cool looking. That's what they would consider high-speed, low-drag. So, you know what I mean? Like, those over those little foamy things. Why? Because they work better or what? They just look high-speed. Like, they're, they're not necessary, but it's, like, oh, okay. high-speed. Because you want, cool. 
it's cool it's high speed you know that's what that's the type of person you want that's they 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 want that they want people that'll go out of their way to get things done that they don't need to be done but they do it anyways right you know accountability so you want to have someone that's always going to be high speed low drag rather than someone who's always showing up ate up or chewed up that's another term chewed up so like, is that like like burnout or like kind of like like they don't care right chewed up right you, you when you when you get a piece of gum you want you want a gum that's actually like flat and perfect right you don't want something right. that's like all just chewed up so like let's say you and i were to go out to eat and at a fancy restaurant right like let's say you shut up nice with your with your with your clothes all ironed out and stuff, you're you're looking good. You got those crispy lines on your on your pants, and then I show up and my dress shirt's all wrinkly, my hair's messy, my one of my shoelaces are untied. Like right. that's that's me being chewed up, like showing up chewed up. I like that. <laughs> that's some good terminology. No, I like it. It's a good like perspective to have. Right. There's just there's just a lot of things like that that that. I learned while I was in basic and even now in my unit, if like, if I see something that's like someone has their shoelaces showing and they're not in their tucked in their boots, I'll be like, Hey, you're, you got a snake in your boot. <laughs> but that yeah. means it's basically like, yeah, you have your shoelace out of your boot, tuck it back in before you get yelled at. Yeah. So it's always like, look out after your, your friends, because if you don't look out for them, they're going to get chewed out by a sergeant, you know, yeah. that's not fun. Especially if you're only doing this shit, like one weekend a month, like it's not worth it, man. Like it's not worth getting yelled at for one weekend a month. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were talking. I mean, about- high speed, low drag. Like I'm an engineer, so like I'm thinking of like engineering terms, but I like how it applies to other stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not, you don't even have to say low drag either. I might steal you, that. You, you can just you can just literally just say high speed. Sometimes I'll just I'll I'll just say high speed, but sometimes I'll be like, yeah, high speed, low drag. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you heard some guys like talking like that. Yeah, they were all huddled up, and I'm like, hmm, that's what they do in the army. They always get into a little circle and start talking and, and just laughing and joking. And I could tell by their haircuts. I mean, usually if someone's in like the military, they'll have like their their high and tight or their high fade or low fade percentable and most of these guys were like showing up to do their tests with their shirts tucked in and i'm just like yeah <laughs> these guys <laughs> these guys are prior service or they're still in because they're like right they're like they're tucking in their shirts in with, to their shorts and they have like these these socks that go up to like these tube socks right the the it's like perfect perfectly put on it's like a a, a way that we were told to wear them so that's how they were wearing it. They were wearing their, their tube size shorts and their shirts tucked into their shorts. They looked good. Like they were in, in good physical uh, like standing. They were all built. They could all run. So I'm like, yeah, this was after we got done running. They huddled up, started talking about it, talking about high speed, low drag. And I'm so just, do you think you'll keep like that? Like, uh, like standard of discipline like lifestyle i feel like i will 
I feel like I have been ever since I get out. And it's not just because I have to, because those are my requirements as, you know, for being in with my unit. Because we have to, we have a, a physical test like every single year and every other month, it seems like. Like an example would be when I got to my unit, the Army actually ended up getting rid of something called the APFT. And that was the old physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. And they replaced it with something called the ACFT. And it, I feel like the ACFT is a lot easier, but it's based on your MOS, your job. And I have a combat job, so it's I have one of the hardest ones. It's up at the top, and it starts out with like a, a deadlift. Then after your deadlift, you have you to do push-ups. After your push-ups, you do something called the sprint and drag carry. So you sprint, I don't know what, maybe like 50 meters, I think, and then back, drag something out 50 meters and back, carry these kettlebells 50 meters and back, it's just a lot of running back and forth. Once you're done with that, you have something called the leg tuck, which they got rid of because not many people could do it. But you only had to do one, and I could do like 20. How do but you they, do that? You pretty much hang on to a bar and tuck your legs into your elbows. Oh, okay. They only had You only had to do that one time, but people couldn't do it, which I don't see the reason why. So they got rid of that one and replaced it with a plank. Okay. <laughs> which is like where is i'm like different movement all but all you had to do is one leg tuck and do that and now look at us we have to stay in this plank position for like almost two minutes like well like nah yeah and then right after that you have to run two mile and there's no there's no like a break in between either like it's one right after the other after the other after the other just do crossfit that's that's what i was i was planning on doing that dude sounds like a crossfit workout and they do jujitsu too. So like, there was this one guy in my unit that has been doing jujitsu since he was like eight years old. Yeah. And one day the people were like, the sergeants were like, "All right, guys, there's gonna be a combatives tournament. Who wants to sign up to go and represent us as a company?" And he rose his hand, and he actually ended up winning. He 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 won and got like first place. And when he got back some of the sergeants didn't even know about this and they're like hey jones uh how was a how was a combatives tournament congratulations you know like how'd it go and he was just like super excited to talk about it and then another sergeant comes up and he's like kind of like in your face type of sergeant like raw unhinged type of person and he's like so i know you can so you know how to kick ass jones and Jones just looks at this sergeant and goes like, "And eat it, sergeant." And I'm, dude, everyone was just laughing. But yeah, they do they do jujitsu. They actually asked me if I wanted to to do it, and at the time I just couldn't do it because of my schedule. But that's yeah. what I I wanted to do. Uh, you yeah. should start combatives. The gym I take jujitsu at, I'm like pretty close to Fort Meade and a lot of other like places out here in Maryland, but. A lot of our guys are military. Would you would you ever consider even joining the military, Clay? Or no, is that something that that's not for you? I don't know. Cons- yeah, I would consider it, but I don't know that I would. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't. I, I'm I'm telling you, bro. I feel like you would absolutely love it. 
Yeah. Um, if you ever do get the chance, you know, decide you want to do it. I I feel like you should. Even it's you don't even have to go active. Just go. Uh, you're smart enough to get one of those jobs where you're literally just pushing paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're an engineer, man. Like, you're gonna go in as an E four as a specialist to basic training. You're married. You're gonna get paid more. Eh. And uh, or you could go the officer route, but I mean that's up to you. I feel like you would, you would like it a lot, from like the things that I know about you. Like you, you like being out in the wild, shooting stuff. You'd have a great time. Yeah, I think I would like most of that part of it. What I don't like is just uh, basically that you like sign off your personal economy. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Where you get to live, like deployed or not like different like health choices and stuff and yeah I think that that's just like what would rub me yeah so. definitely yeah i understand that part dude yeah but no yeah just just the thought if you ever feel like it you, i feel like you'd, you'd like yeah. it you, you'd have no problem you're you're in good shape dude yeah trying to stay in good shape I'm actually trying to lean out, man. But one of the things is with me is like the diet is it is what always gets me. Yeah, why are you trying to get lean? Um, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. Like I feel like I've built enough muscle to the point where I want to see it defined. You know, it's just it's just a goal of mine to try to at least get to like maybe like nine or ten percent body fat. Oh man, that's real lean. Yeah, and I'm just that's like, tough. Yeah, my brother's a wrestler, so yeah, like he's still in high school. His name's William, and he's a really good wrestler. And I never would have ever thought that he would actually join the wrestling team, mm -hmm. but he's super good and he's super lean, man. Like I, I ask him, I'm like, dude, how do you get this lean? And he's like, you just have to watch what you eat, man, and eat right. And then he's like, you have to go on runs. He wears, like, these sweatpants, and his, like, socks are tucked into his sweatpants and stuff. Yeah. He goes all out. And, like, that's one of the things that I admired about him. I'm like, like, my brother has actual goals and ambitions at such a young age, and he's actually crushing them. When I was his age, like, I wasn't even doing that. Like, I was in sports, but, like, I wasn't as dedicated to it as my brother is to him being in wrestling, you know? Yeah. No, in terms of getting lean, I feel like wrestlers and, like, bodybuilders really know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm at that point where I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I don't want to be the biggest guy in the room. I don't, like, I don't, right. I don't care much for that. I, I, I just want to look athletic, and I just want to be a little lean, little, little tone. I'm not trying to trying to impress no one but myself man right no that's a good goal to have so you're trying to do it with diet mostly or yeah dieting um i've because like i know i like to go to the gym a lot so and i do i do lift heavy like i'm i squat a lot now but bench press is still good i barely work out my biceps and triceps just because there's just other exercises you could do that target your biceps, triceps yeah. indirectly, you know. Um, so that that's what I want to do. 
I just want to lean out a little bit. I'm not, I don't want to get big. I'm getting tired yeah. of like, putting on these shirts that like used to fit me and now they don't because like my shoulders are too wide now. My back is like, my lats are just huge now. That's kind of a big, I mean, that's kind of a good problem to have though. It, it is. <laughs> and it's just like, damn, I really like that shirt and uh, the place I got right. it from didn't make it anymore. So like, what am I going to do? Man. 9% is pretty lean. Dude, yes, 9% is pretty lean. Like when I was in high school, I weighed like one, 138, 140, and I was like at 15% like body fat. Like if I, I was I, gonna say the only time I've probably been that low is during high school, and I don't know. There's almost like I feel like you can almost get like tired like pretty easily being that lean, or like to sustain it. My brother will, like I said, dude, he's in the single digits for like body fat percentage, and he's yeah. not like like just skin and bones like he has muscles to it like i went to the gym with him not too long ago and he's pulling some some good weight for someone that like you know at that eight uh weight range Mm -hmm. he's got some he's got some nice lats shoulders biceps and he's got abs bro like it's it's he's good he's got me amazing how good uh I don't know if it's like the internet or whatever, but it seems like younger guys are getting really good at lifting. Yeah, and I'm like, he's he's my 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 half brother, so he's got my dad's genes, and my dad okay. actually had some really good, you know, genes as when he was a teenager. He was like lean, and he didn't even like working out or doing sports, but he was lean, so he's got good genetics that he's working with already. Yeah, um, my mom is like five. Five two or five one, and I don't really know much about my biological dad, but I don't think I got some. I don't think I got those genes. I got my mom's genes, okay. <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can always only work with what you got. So, yeah, my brother got the better end of the stick. He's like five nine, maybe, but it's. Just, I think a lot of it's just like lifestyle choices and just like doing something over and over. I mean, obviously, like. You don't have that much control over like your frame or whatever but i feel like everything else you can kind of work with yeah i mean i mean i'm still doing whatever whatever i feel like i'm doing like if uh feel like doing something i'm gonna do it you know i have that right. mentality um but yeah one of the things i admired about my brother is just like the dedication that he has for for the sport and the discipline that he has at that age of 15 16 years old of like telling him like hey you need to have discipline you can't be eating all this junk food right and i didn't even have that discipline when i was his age like if i felt like eating like like i'm going to mcdonald's like i'm going to mcdonald's i'm getting myself a big mac yeah but he has that discipline to know like i gotta eat right i'm gonna go drink a protein shake and have some some actual food from home you know the good thing about like physical fitness and like wrestling especially is like if you eat something bad you get like an immediate feedback you yeah. go try to wrestle and you like gas out real quick or like get sick to your stomach that's what he was telling me too he would always just wait right after the meat after he was done just to eat whatever 
It is yeah. he was craving. Yeah. And you got to give jujitsu a try, I think. Especially yeah. if you end up up in Toledo, there's there's a good gym up there. So. Yeah. Uh, it's something I definitely wanted to do. Like as a as a kid, I was in Taekwondo, but right. like, mm, I don't think I like it. I I don't hate it, but it's just not what I want to do because like most of these fights, everyone's like. Oh, dude! Like karate is the best thing you could do, or taekwondo is where it's at. Like most of these fights end up on the ground. Like, yeah. Like ninety nine percent of these fights are always going to end up on the ground, and then then at that point, your only question is like, do you know how to how to like do any locks, do anything to to at least dominate the ground? And with like karate and taekwondo and all these other things, they don't really teach you much about like things to do when you're on the ground yeah yeah honestly i don't know that much about striking but yeah i mean i think the goal of jiu-jitsu is to get it to the ground just because it's less dangerous like you're not gonna catch a punch or a kick or something you can yeah. get someone down definitely that's but jiu-jitsu is definitely the better option for like um just combat on the ground yeah. Rest- no, I mean it's it's addictive too. It's a fun sport like and it's something you could spend like your whole life doing it. Like I've only done it 2 months, so I'm like really new to it, but I can just tell like guys have been doing it for like 10 years, like their skill level is insane, but then there's guys that are way better than them. It's just like you can just progress forever basically. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like, um, I do want to lean out, and even even if I do, like, I'll be happy with just being at like, like I said, like, maybe like you said, nine is really super lean, dude. Like that's those are single digits, right? Um, but you know, something where at least I can see my abs, man, because that's what I'm trying to get at. Like my my quads are actually starting to get bigger. I've been hitting legs because like like I told you before, like when I was in Toledo. When I first started lifting, all I would do was upper body and never do any lower body. And then there was just a point in my life where I went to the gym and I saw myself and I'm like, you know what? I am so top heavy, dude. Like, I have no legs at all. I'm looking like Johnny Bravo or Joe Swanson from Family Guy. I'm like, I'm going to do something about this. So I started watching more videos on, on YouTube about guys, you know, just how to get your legs up and uh, started doing more more squats using the leg press and then accessories that I didn't even know about you know like when if you don't work out a lot you don't know proper like techniques like the term accessories like you know what accessories are right yeah so you know that so I didn't know what what that term was or anything out of list when i'd go to the gym i just do whatever i felt like sometimes i would even start out with accessories first and it's just like it doesn't make sense to do accessories first what you want to do is like something like something where you can just load up the weight to as hard as like high as you can and with high intensity tire yourself out first you know then go out and do some accessories concentrate on that one part that that you want to fix you know like your leg extensions that's what mm-hmm. i do. like after i i'm done squatting i do lunge 
I like I can't do anymore. I'll do lunges and pretty much like accessories like that. I'll do like I also do calves, like uh, calf races, um, yeah. leg curls. I was just, gonna say the only like leg accessory I really ever do is like a Nordic curl. It's like hamstring curls. Dude, those are those will blow your hammies up. Yeah. I've just always been kind of like quad and calf dominant, so it's like hamstrings are what I've been deficient in. I don't it just like depends on your body and like what your goals are. Yeah. So that that's one of my goals and it's like I used to be the guy that like I would every time I tried to do legs, I would immediately get bored and go like, you know what? Those those dumbbells are looking real good right now. I'm gonna go do some curls. Yeah. Like through these legs, I'm gonna go do curls or I'm gonna go work on shoulders, back, anything but legs. And now right. it's getting to the point where I'm like, I'm enjoying squatting. I'm enjoying working out my legs. Not so much biceps anymore. And that was like my the one thing that I would always work on biceps, triceps, shoulders, and chest. But I'm just like, now I'm just like, yeah, I like working out legs and I get more of a rush when I do it because I like, I'm pushing big numbers, like more than what I can curl, more than what I can bench press, like, right. And that's what gives me that, that rush too. Yeah. The full body moves too. I, I think there's more of a benefit to them than like isolating like a bicep or something. So. Have you ever tried doing um, lunges on a Smith machine? Yeah. Yeah, I like to do, like, lunges are basically like a one-leg squat where I would put my foot yeah. I'm not using on a bench. and. Yeah, that's, that's what I started doing. So, yep. also, I also didn't know, like, the difference. Well, I knew the difference between a Smith machine and just a regular, like, squat rack. Um. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I realized, I'm like, you know what? I'm more concerned about putting mass on my legs. And one thing that a Smith machine does, it kind of like gets rid of other things that you don't have to worry about. Like it stabilizes everything for you. So your core is really not engaged as much as it is on an actual squat rack when you have that barbell on your back right? with no assistance, you know? So like you're you're focusing more on mass, and what that means for me is like, dude, if I can like put more ma- more mass on me, and that'll help my muscles grow. Like that's what I'm gonna do. But yeah. there will eventually be a time where I'll be like, you know what? I feel like I'm good with this weight. I'm gonna go and try on on a squ- on a normal squat rack. in your core with that with that barbell you get no assistance at all whatsoever so you you got to have like a strong core to to push up heavier numbers you know what i mean yeah absolutely like yeah i think that's that's probably like the failure point on like for me personally in squats is like uh well either like hip mobility or like my low back or 
some sort of yeah, core. The same thing with me. It's like core, and then your hip mobility and your your lower back. And one of the things that like I ended up getting was one of those like uh, belts to do squats, and you know what I'm talking about? Those mm-hmm. belts. Yeah, I've I've never gotten into using the belts. I don't know why. So, but. dude, I always thought they looked cringe, cringe. <laughs> so, um, I went online and I looked up these lever belts. They look so sleek, dude. Like they have a lever you can just flip them. Those those look better. And one of the, like one of my mentality from like joining the army is like look good, feel good, right? And like that's that's yep. so cheesy to say, but it's I it's see. dude. It's if you if you look good and you feel good, like that's all you need. You got yourself a high speed low drag belt. Yeah, I did. It was a high speed belt, <laughs> a lever belt. Not not it wasn't too high speed though, because like the first one I bought, well I was squatting, bro. This lever just shot up and out of like almost hit the mirror in front of me. And I was like, what the heck? Like I had to order a new one. It was kind of excessive, but I'm like, I, I, I use that belt for 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 like legs. Because I have a really low, like my uh, my core is not good. It's not good where mm-hmm. it should be, you know? So I'm using this belt to help me with that. Even though there's going to be a time, I know that there's going to be a time where, you know, like you're probably thinking like, hey, like you're saying you want to better yourself. You know, there's going to be a time where you, you, you want to strengthen up your core and actually do stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there definitely is going to be a time um, because like right now, I mean, I'm, I can squat 225 on a, on a, on a rack, no problem. Like on a Smith machine, I'll, I'll do 315. Like I'll do the math because it's not the same on a Smith machine because the barbell does not weigh that much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's kind of resistance that's helping you out too. But like I compensate for that so like i'll add more than 350 i'll add like this is like 345 plates on each side plus some like i don't know like a 10 pound plate on each side i don't right. know something like that um so that's what i'll do i'll compensate for the weight that's missing and i mean i can hit that no problem on the smith machine and then when i put 315 on a rack i can only do one right so it's just like and it's because of the core that's being engaged at the time when you're doing a squat on an actual free weight, like with your barbell, no assistance whatsoever. Like that's just at that point you're raw dogging it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a lot harder than doing it on a Smith machine. Yeah, that's. I mean, I kind of had that. Well, with the single leg. Uh isolation thing on the smith machine but then i started taking kind of the other approach of like i'm gonna do less weight and really try to just like build my core and like yeah the movement yeah um but yeah when you want to push it you do that but yeah i just i've never gotten into the belts i used to wear them for deadlifts and i figured out like they let me really push myself and one time i pushed it too far and like trashed my back for a couple weeks so yeah i was in high school (laughs) but yeah, so like ever since then, I basically have never worn a belt. I was I was actually really into deadlifting and stuff like that, but I'm just like it got to that point where I was like, dude, my lower back is killing me. I'm not doing the proper form. Um, so 
I what stopped. I learned for that is if you just uh, if you can just start like instead of on the ground, just like put something under it and lift it up a couple inches. It makes like a world of difference. Or even like use a trap like a hex bar or something. Oh, dude, yeah, with hex bars, yeah. But I wanted to work on my conventional deadlift, oh. and I've just like read online and watched videos online saying that like the risk to reward ratio when you're like deadlifting isn't even worth it. Like. Mm. At that point, just work on other stuff that will work out the same thing in your body as as a deadlift. You know, like it's your work out your your hamstring. I like. Uh, I'll send you a a video. Maybe there's an exercise I've been getting into. You can do. Uh, it's called a zerker. You can do either a squat or a deadlift. Um, and basically, instead of holding it on your back or pulling it from the ground, you hold it in your elbows, like basically like the crease of your elbow so between your forearm and your bicep and that's where you hold the bar and like if i squat i'll start off of you know like the safety racks or the safety uh yeah i know bars on a squat rack yeah i'll put that like a little bit low but obviously like it's like two foot off the ground or something yeah you get under that and i'm doing weights like deadlift but it's taking a lot of the pressure off my back yeah, I and it know. really engages your core. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've done that one before. Um, to me, because like, like I am shorter than you are, Clay. It just seems like it's just not a uh, not working the same parts of my body as you know yours, because you're you're taller than me, you know. So even when I yeah. try doing that, it just doesn't even feel right for me. So like, I'll do other things, like uh. Like I said, I've only been focusing on using the leg press. I'll do squats. I'll do lunges, accessory stuff like that. Like I'll blow my legs up. But yeah, as far as like with that exercise, I have tried that many times before, and I I have a video where I'm actually like pulling mad weight, but like it just it did not feel good for me at all. And I was just like at that right. point, I would much rather work on other machines and try doing that again yeah i think that's like an important lesson i mean that's kind of how i feel like squat for some reason i feel like mechanically i don't squat very well um so yeah i think just kind of finding for whatever your goal is if you can find better exercises that fit your body yeah it's probably worth it Yeah, that's all. That's all I've been uh, doing lately. It's just like hitting legs consistently, and it's it's getting really good for me. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, we can uh, wrap it up if you want. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you before we go. How like how many cigarettes have you smoked so far? Like in my life? Yeah, like do like you do it often or no? two or three <laughs> in your whole life you've only smoked two or three yeah if that probably just two cigarettes and when you do um, huh and when you do smoke your cigars like now yeah i'll have a cigar every now and then okay. um but like very rarely cigarettes cigars um I don't know, maybe a couple dozen in my life. <laughs> a couple dozen. So when you when you first start smoking a cigar, right? I've I've heard that you don't want to smoke the whole thing all in one go. 
so how do you know when to stop you know when it's um just like go slow and listen to yourself <laughs> like, listen to yourself. If, if you start feeling sick stop <laughs> at that point dude i'm never gonna be let putting that cigar down then it's gonna be done in one in one go yeah i mean i don't know i I just kind of enjoy them every now and then, like while I'm sitting outside or something. Yeah, where, um, do, you, where do you buy them from or at? Where do I buy them? Just like, there's like some pretty cool shops about anywhere. I keep that in mind. Go get myself. What's that? I'm going to go get myself one and bring it to my next drill. We're going to be actually at the range this, this month. So I'm probably yeah. bring one of those with me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. It's relaxing and I do it only so often just uh, for health's sake. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Again, like I said, probably not the best habit, but I feel like if you have like one a month or every couple of months, um, you enjoy it and like take your time with it. Like it's kind of a nice experience. Yeah, dude. All right, man. Well, yeah, it's pretty much everything I, I've been up to. Um, just uh, work, army, working out. Yeah. Well, sounds good. I mean, thanks for coming on and enjoyed talking to you as usual. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate good it. Good luck with everything. So. All right. I'm going to hit stop on it.